Kirby from Deeds of Flesh, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a seat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. You are listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hey, this is Trevor Sternad. Brian is back from the Black Dahlia murder. Tom Gabriel Warrior. Eric Green from Sepultura. We're all stolen from immolation. We are Gorgasm. This is Middle Fun Crater. Turns from suffocation. Podcast. Join your host Corey Gorkrest and Dr. Vincent West for exclusive interviews with the sickest bands in metal and more. Head over to cultofphantasm.com, the only gravesite for all things horror and death metal. No filler, all killer. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Hi, this is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor with the Phantasm Podcast, and my first guest of 2021 is someone I'm so excited to have on today, and we have Jacoby from Deeds of Flesh, one of my favorite death metal bands in the world, and we're going to be talking about Nucleus, their latest album, which came out December 11th, on Unique Leader Records, and sir, how are you doing today? Great, man. Good to be here. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Uh, What a record, man. You guys... Wow. I heard this thing for the first time and I was like, holy shit, there's so many guests. Uh, the drumming's incredible, the guitar playing's incredible, your vocals are incredible. Dude, it's it's the whole package on a death metal album. And uh, just to kind of start out uh, for our listeners and for myself included, can you talk about how you came to be in Deeds of Flesh and how that started way back when? Well, I was in a band called THC. Actually, myself and Joey Heaslett, the original drummer for Deeds, we were both in a thrash metal band. Uh, some elements of death metal in it, but mostly a thrash metal band. <clears throat> and Eric was in another band called Charlie Christ. And they were also more of a thrash metal slash creator-ish band. Okay. And uh, you know, we started jamming next door to each other uh, in a storage place you know they had a garage next to us and we would hear each other playing and um, you know that's kind of how we met for the most part and uh, you know in between songs we'd take breaks and open up the garage and just sit there and have a beer or something and talk to each other and you know one of those one of those times I think uh, Eric was like hey you heard this one band you know you should come over to my house and check it out well, I got some music to show you and so um, I, I went over to his house and we ended up listening to like Gorgut, Considered Dead, or uh, you know, such a good album. Different, just different death metal bands, and uh, just talking to each other, going, "Dude, yeah, I'm, I'm really into this stuff right now. It's pretty sick." And you know, we just we thought about it. We're like, "Man, we should we should maybe jam together sometime." Um, we'll you know me and you, and we'll get your drummer because your drummer's faster than mine. <laughs> so, 
and uh, that's how it happened. You know, we just we we showed up one day uh, when the other bands weren't playing, and we we jammed. And we wrote a whole song in one sitting, and it was like we wrote a three minute call space in probably two hours, and that was it. And it was like, oh, dude, we've we got something here. We, we we need to quit our other bands and just do this. <laughs> yeah. and I I you not like the next day we both quit our bands and started Deeds. And then that's that's how it happened. Man. From there, you know, we did a whole lot of snail mail back in the days. You know, uh, email or snail mailing to like internal bleeding and dying fetus and all the other underground death metal bands. Sure. You know, that was that was the internet <laughs> before the internet was around. And uh, it kind of just grew from there, man. Now, Deeds, it was was that now? Were you guys in San Diego, Bay Area? Was that? No, we were in Los Angeles, California. Okay. Like Central California, in between okay. LA and Frisco on the coast. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Yeah, I was the California scene. Uh, to me, is just important as like the Tampa scene, man. It was. It's. It's. It, you guys were the. You know. Especially possessed, because I and I guess how do you feel about you know who started what? But I possessed to me, you know, and you go back and forth. People are death, and I love death, and I saw death. Shit, spiritual healing. I think was the first time I saw death. So yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, both sides, both sides of the United States have super important bands. Uh, in my view, um, I was inspired by the bands more in Florida than I was in California. Early on, it was California because we had a big thrash scene over here. Sure. But once I once I got introduced to death metal, I was I was all Florida, <laughs> or at least everything coming out of Scott Burns' studio. Yes, you know, sir. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And then of course the New York stuff too. You know, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You got suffocation, and then you know Canada with Gorguts, and you know there, there was a lot of early bands that inspired us. But uh, you know, we just. We would we would sit there. We would listen to it. We would get all jacked up and okay, let's go jam, you know. And then we let, let's try to make it even more intense and more crazy and more chaotic. And, and that was kind of our goal in the beginning: just write some chaotic music. And we weren't well trained musicians, so everything came from you know memory and you know hearing. We didn't write any of the music out. We didn't tab any of the music out. It was just all from memory. So sure. Um, Maybe that contributes to our writing style, and it was pretty chaotic back in the day. <laughs> pretty much all the way through deeds until I left the band in 2007. It was that's how we did things. So we would have to go back after the album and tab out all the songs because once we practiced the crap out of those songs for you know however long before we recorded them, we wouldn't play them for a while. Sometimes we wouldn't play the songs ever because we just never played them live. Sure. We'd have to tab them out so we could remember them. And then early on, I've always wanted to ask you this. So, early, what's what's one of the first big tours you guys hopped on back in the day? Uh, the first tour we actually did was a tour we self promoted uh, with us and Dying Fetus. So really, we booked, we booked half the shows from California out to Texas. They booked the other half of the shows on the East Coast, and we we toured together. Man, we jumped in a van. Uh, we met them. I don't even remember where we met him. I think we met him halfway and we started touring again. That's awesome. That very first tour. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, that's that's great, yeah, man. I mean, the first, uh, the first European tour we did with Incantation, that was when we were on Repulse Records from Spain. 
Okay. Um, that was a really fun tour. Uh, the first big U.S. tour, I would say, other than the bloodletting tours that we were doing, was the tour of Cannibal. That was amazing, you know. Now, what Cannibal tour did you all do? Oh, God, it was Cannibal, Us, um, Macabre. Uh, I think Cephalic Carnage was on that tour. I saw that tour. What what album was that? I'm trying to remember what Cannibal record that oh, was. Yeah, that was the one after Vile, I believe. Oh, shit. That was Gallery of Suicide. I think so. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing... Yeah, man. That's that's awesome. I remember... Because I remember that bill. That, that I mean, that bill was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was really cool. It was a really fun tour. All them guys are super cool. You know, we, we, we had a blast with those guys. That's amazing, man. And then let me ask you this. So, Nucleus is so... Um, it's so complete. It's such a complete album. And we're going to dive right into this. So, how does how does Nucleus come about? Like, what... If you could take me through that, how, does, how did you guys... Well, um, the music was written already so the music was written and recorded before eric passed away okay and so from what i know eric wrote about a third of the album's riffs um and then the other 60 percent was divvied out between craig peters and ivan the bass player yes and um so all the music was written and recorded and done and eric sat around on it for a year he was trying to figure out what he was going to do with it lyrically you know, was he going to keep going the sci-fi route? Was he going to totally change and do something different? Sure. He just didn't know. So, you know, the album sat around, and then he got sick, and then unfortunately he passed away. And uh, I'm sorry about I that, too, man. That's awful. I didn't even learn about the music uh, until I was on the way to the funeral, and Mike uh, Hamilton was telling me, dude, there's a whole album recorded with no vocals on it. And I was like, oh, shit. And that's like the spark moment I knew, well, I got to do it because no one else is coming in here and doing it. So it's, it's got to be me. I, you know, I'm the, the only other original vocalist, you know, so it's going to be me. Sure. <laughs> so I'm like heading to the funeral, like, okay, that's what's going to happen. It's already in my head. And um, so, yeah, so the music's recorded. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I got to do the vocals, but at the same time, it was like, okay, well, it was always me and Eric. You know, we were always doing dual vocals. Sure. How am I going to do this thing by myself? And and then Mike's like, well, dude, why don't we get some guest vocalists to come in and and do some different parts on the album? And I was like, well, that'd be great. That'd be that'd be cool, and it'd be kind of like a memorial for Eric. You know, we get all the all his friends from the past, and you know do the album that way <clears throat> so that way it's not just me on the whole album and then and that's how the guest vocalist came about we didn't know who was going to be on it we didn't know what tracks or nothing we just we just said okay let's let's do guest vocalists and then uh, over the course of after, after the funeral and everything we started writing out a list of guys we wanted to be on the album and um, the list is actually bigger than who's on the album it's just we didn't have it would have been too much <laughs> if we had our whole list. It would have been over. Oh wow! Okay. So, so it was kind of that we had we had four really important guys that we wanted to be on it. They're all on it, and then the rest of the guys, you know, we kind of peppered in as a, kind of a first come first. You know, you're on, and then 
once it got to a certain number, we're like, okay, that's enough. We can't take anymore. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's how that whole situation came out. And then when I was listening to the music, um, I would try to take each track and, uh, you know, try to imagine, okay, what track is going to fit which vocal style. And there was an obvious choice for, for Cannibal, for George. There was an obvious choice for Gorguts. There was an obvious choice for Gallagher. Sure. Um, Gallagher's song was originally Frank's song. Really? Uh, Frank, Frank came in so late. <laughs> Literally three days before we had to turn in the final mix, Derek Boyer called me up and goes, Frank's going to do it. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I, I, I had to go through other songs and find parts that I already did and say, okay, what part can I give to Frank that sounds like Frank, you know? So I found a spot for him, and that was totally last minute. I didn't think that was going to happen at all, but uh, that was cool. <laughs> That's uh, so, great, man. You know, it's, it's just funny how the songs morphed out to where they all sound like their little parts sound like that band. That was never written to be that way or anything. I just, you know, it just it just worked out that way. I mean, what a glowing tribute to him too. Like to get all these guys. I mean, it's great, man. It's like I couldn't sure. believe. I mean, I mean, the, the biggest one for me would have been Luke Lemay. If, <laughs> if he heard that song, that, that would have that would have brought a tear to his eye. I think because back in the day, we were just we were huge Gorguts fans. Right. So having Luke do the, the his song was amazing. That was that that was. That was my favorite moment, I think, in the whole recording, getting, the, getting Luke's vocals back and just... <laughs> sure, just sure. Like giddy, giddy like a little schoolboy, just going, dude, Luke LeMay's on the album, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was, uh, it's awesome. It was pretty cool. It is. Well, let's hop into some of these songs here. So we'll start out with the first track. Tell me a little bit about Odyssey. The first track's kind of an intro. Uh, it, it's kind of meant for... Anybody who's listening to this album who hasn't heard the last two, because this is kind of a trilogy, and it's the end of the story, and if you don't know about what the last two albums vocally were about, this, that's kind of just a summary of, we're sometime in the future, aliens have totally kicked our asses, and uh, the future is looking pretty bleak, kind of deal. And um, so I wrote that as like a little summary to what happened in the last two albums, kind of bring you up to speed uh, in the story. And then I had my daughter do the reading in the studio. And awesome. She nailed it. <laughs> and I, was, I was really trying to go for that that creepy girl, you know, in that Resident Evil movie. That was the, like the AI. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was the AI of the computer, you know. It was the, the software engineer's daughter who, who was, you know, get out, you're all going to die, you know. Right. <laughs> so I was thinking of that when I had her do the reading. And she, you know, obviously she's not British, she's from California, so I, I had to make her do it in a British-style accent. I think she did great. Oh, it's great, man. I had no idea. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's only 11 years old when she did it, so it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Killing it. I loved it. And let's see. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Uh, track two, Alien Scourge. That is uh, kind of more of a prologue to the album, kind of, kind of again, taking you from where we are currently moving into the story. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, yeah, more of a prologue. So so some things that have already happened in the very last album are happening still in Alien Scourge, and then we're moving through the story. <laughs> okay. And then if you don't care on each one, too, like any, was was that, was track two, does there, is there guests on that one? There's no guests on that one. 
um, okay. the, the special thing about that song is the very opening screen is myself and Eric. Really? Uh, I grabbed That's awesome. <laughs> I grabbed a vocal from Eric from uh, Crown of Souls. Okay. That part. Um, and uh, stuck it in there because I wanted his voice to be, you know, once the music starts, I wanted his voice to be the first you hear and the last you hear. So the first vocal on the album uh, is me and him. Uh, not counting Odyssey, of course. And then the last vocal on Terror is Eric alone. Oh, that's, that's kind of that's awesome. His vocal fit sending off into the into the ether, you know. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, yeah. and then let's see, track three, Ascension Vortex. So that's got the most vocalists on it. That's got Bill, uh, Decrepit Bill. Uh, he did a lot of, he did all the highs, I think, in that song. There might be one part that he didn't do highs, but, but he did most of the highs in that in that song and some of the backup lows. Um, he nailed it. And then, uh, let's see, let me just get to open. Scared. <laughs> I know Obi Flett is in that song. Nice. And uh, Obi and Obi and I go way back. Uh, let's see, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up my. I remember Anthony Anthony from Odious Odious Mortem. Okay. Also, uh, Savior. He's in that song as well. So there's three vocalists in that song uh, with myself. Included, no, actually four with me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and that song was mostly written by Craig Peters. Okay. So uh, I don't think Eric had much to do with that song. Uh, maybe just some arrangements, but that was mostly a Craig Peters song. So uh, it was the most. I would say that's almost the least sounding deep song on the album. <laughs> if, if I go back and I think of like typical deed songs that one that one kind of deviates just a little bit but when I got the when I got this whole album musically when I was listening to it it was like you know I didn't write any of this music so I was coming at a fully full on different way sure. of writing because I was used to you know okay me and Eric we, we write we arrange we go write vocals and we do them but this was so different you know? <laughs> I struggled writing the vocal patterns especially for that song um, just because it was so different from, from what I was used to so uh, Craig actually helped me out with the vocal patterns on that song because I was like man there's, there, there's probably like eight different demos of that song that sound totally different oh wow <laughs> and, and there's parts of it I liked but I never could grasp the whole song and be like yeah that's sick it was always like eh I'm going to leave that song to last because I can't quite figure it out <laughs> But the, so that song was kind of the outlier, and that's probably why there's so many guest vocalists on it. Because uh-huh. it, you know, it, it helped having different voices in on certain parts because it just it was so different uh, in the style. Uh, I love the song myself. I think it's awesome. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Um, let's see, track four, Catacombs of the Monolith. So that is our uh, that's our Luke Lemay song. And um, that song is amazing. That song is uh, started out with a completely different name, but you know that the name really didn't fit our story arc. Uh, so that song's more of a. Let's see if I can explain this right. <laughs> Those people in the know out there, they might, uh, 
back in the last album, the, the aliens had developed this temple, basically where they they have these machines that just suck the soul out of your body okay. and use it as energy, and, it, and the energy powers their weapons and their technology. And so, um, in the last album, the aliens either on purpose or on accident unleashed the xenovirus, and the xenovirus kind of took over everything. So their their harvest temples that they had got completely destroyed by these huge xenomorph beasts. <laughs> okay. For lack of a better term. So with the temples all being destroyed in this new story, they had to move the temple off planet because those huge beasts were just engorging the whole earth. So this is kind of a story of the temple being moved to, you know, another place. And the Ascension Vortex is, is essentially a method to get humanity over to that temple to suck out their life energy to power their technology. So it's kind of very... <laughs> no, that's awesome. Dude, I'm a huge dude. I'm a huge dork. That's where he went with it. I had to follow it. I had to keep going. It's, no, it's, it's great. Totally different, writing, totally different writing style than I've ever done. So um, it's probably why it took us so long to do it. Um, but yeah, so Rukume came in for that song and he killed it, man. We we gave him some patterns, you know, said, okay, you know, here's what we think it should sound like for you. And we tried, you know, Mike Hamilton helped me out a lot with that song vocally because he he was uh, demoing his inner Luke voice and it, it came out so perfect. It was funny. We were all laughing at it. Because That's he, awesome. He, he's not a vocalist, <laughs> but he was doing Rukume and it sounded so cool. But so we gave him patterns that, okay, here, have at it. You know, if you want to do something different, that's cool. And, and he came back with a fully different take than we sent out. And it was so much better than what we had sent him. We were just, we were sitting there when we first heard it. And we were just like, dude, <laughs> Luke is the man. And uh, I was just, I was so humbled and so happy to be working with that guy. And he is probably one of the coolest humans uh, in death metal I've ever met. Um, and I've, I've met some really cool guys. Too. Ridiculously um, talented, too. My God, his band... Yeah, his band he has now... Like, the Masquerade in Atlanta, the the OG Masquerade closed a few years ago, and one of the last shows I saw in there was Gorguts. And the band he has assembled around him currently, those guys are... I mean, they're... You can't even really even talk to those dudes. They're just so like musical and stuff. Like I was trying to like talk to them after I was trying to talk to Luke. Luke's like, oh, they're cool. They're just really into their music, and they're like stupid ridiculous. Like these, the bass player and the drum. It's like Jesus. This guy puts bands together out of like <laughs> I don't know how he does it. <laughs> it's it's I, it's it's crazy. But I wanted to ask you. So Mike is that. Is now is Mike on the album at all? He's not, is he? Or is he? He is. Well, Mike's voice is in Odyssey, so he's the guy dying. He's he's, he's he produced all the dying sounds. Okay. <laughs> and the soldier sounds. That that was all Mike. Okay. Uh, he's he's in a few other parts, but he just uh, for the most part on this album, I, I would say Mike wrote about seventy five percent of the actual lyrics. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I came in. I came in, and I wrote a lot too. But a lot of the inspiration came from Mike. Um, 
just because, you know, I'm not a science fiction writer. You know, when I used to write back in the day, I was writing about, you know, the, the dark side of the human condition sure. or historical events. You know, I would read massive books and stuff just to come up with songs, you know. Sure. So this was a total different way of songwriting. And Mike, you know, has a great imagination. So, you know, we had a plan from the beginning. Okay, let's write the lyrics together. And, and dude, he nailed it. He just, he had such good ideas. And I tweaked a lot of what he wrote. But the original inspiration, a lot of it came from Mike. So kudos to him. And, and, and he also helped out a lot with the, uh, the vocal patterns as well. Me and him were demoing back and forth for a year before we finally, you know, started recording some of this stuff. So he's all over the album um, in writing, for sure. Funny story about him is as good of friends as I am with Ross, I've ne- I've never hung out with my like every time it's always Ross and Matt and me hanging out when, when I go see Exhumed. And you know why? I have no. I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I maybe you can tell me. That dude, that dude works his ass off. When it, when he's done playing, he's working. So he's either helping another drummer or he's loading up the whole dang stage. He's a worker, dude. That's that's why he doesn't hang out. He's I've never got to really. He's so nice to me. He knows who I am. I mean, I've literally hung, oh, yeah. you know. And but yeah. I, it's always you know Ross and Matt. That's who I'm hanging out with, and we're watching a movie and acting stupid, and it's fun. We we have a great time. Ross been so supportive of me and this podcast, but I've never really got to hang out with Mike. It's depressing. I've never. I love the guy to death. I've you know I've never even got to talk to him. How much I love Deeds of Flesh. Like we've never even we've never even really sat and talked. I've drank a beer with him, and that's about it. Uh, well, I mean, hopefully, if the world turns back on at some point musically, you'll you'll get to hang out with him. But if you, if you if you hang out around the stage, you'll be able to hang out with him because that's where he is. He's working, always working. I ne- I never see him. I mean, seriously, Jacoby, I never. I, it's funny. Like I was sitting here thinking about it, and I'm and he's so nice. It's not that he's not nice. It's he's he's great. You know, but it's just. I, I'm always with. Initially, was with Ross, and then I got to know Matt real well, and then and then. But yeah, I, I never, I never see him. And you're right. I guess he is. He's out busting his busting his tail there, doing stuff. So yeah, that's it. That's that's what it is. Well, I love to hear that he's on the. Re- that's great that he was involved with the record. I because I wasn't sure about that. I was trying to do reading about it, and I didn't see this. So that's fantastic to know that. Um, again, now, Mike, Mike was Mike was like the longest you know standing member besides myself and Eric. So sure, I mean, sure. And he was also the best friend of Eric besides myself. So I did not know that. That's Matt, awesome. And, and Maddie, of course, you know, so when oh, Eric sure. passed away, it was like, it was me, Mike, and Maddie, and our friend Steve, you know, uh, and Jamie, the, the new owner of Unique Leader, we were all there together, you know. So, okay. So when the plan came together for this album, I, Mike had to be involved. I, sure. I was like, yes, dude, you got to be involved because, you know, this is Deeds, you know, this is Eric's legacy, and we gotta send it out on a high note, you know. And that was always the plan. It's gotta be, it's gotta be great, or it's not seeing the light of day. That was that was kind of our deal. Well, you did, man. That, like I said, we could just keep diving here. It is unreal. This record's so good. Catacombs, fantastic song. I love that. Um, let's see, track five, uh, Ethereal Ancestors. Yeah, that's George's track, and that was always getting. <laughs> That was always going to be George's track because just because of the sound of it, and I just I I had we had written some of the vocals, and uh, I'd say that song for the most part. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of, of the lyrics on that song. I think that was about 50-50, me and Mike, at least with the tweaking and stuff. And I just, I heard George's voice on that song, so that was always his song. And he almost didn't make it, too. I mean, you know, he had to go over to, to Rutan's place to uh, record, and they were right in the middle of mixing the Cannibal album. And so, I mean, he was busy. He was a busy guy, so that, that barely happened. So uh, there is a version with just me. Really? <laughs> and that version, that version's really good too. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, but but I'm just I'm stoked he came through, man. In the end, and uh, did that song. That's that's a monster song. It's probably one of my top two on the whole album. I, I love that song, man. It's, it's yeah, it's and you can tell it's George immediately too. You know, it's very. Um, uh, <clears throat> it's oh yeah man it's... Even, even, even the patterns I wrote on that song I wanted it fast and I wanted it with the rhythm kind of how George sings so I, I yeah I wrote a lot of those vocal patterns thinking about you know how he sings on a record so so it would fit you know and, and sounds freaking sick man well you know to me and and the the for me and I don't I don't know what you, your take is on this and again I I hope it's a compliment I don't mean it in any other way it sounds more like his monstrosity stuff that's what I loved about it I was like well I mean yeah and, and when I think of George you know just be, probably because I'm 46 years old <laughs> I think of George almost monstrosity first just because that's where I first same heard. here same um, here um, same here know, my I friend George is cannibal and has been cannibal for. Sure, sure. My mind goes back to those those monstrosity songs, and, and uh, yeah. So, <laughs> speaking with Eric now, have you ever worked with 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 Eric Rutan before? Just out of side note, there. Well, well, I mean, I mean, we toured with him. We toured with him. Uh, Haiti Eternal. We did a tour in Europe. Okay. Um. So, I, I don't know if that counts as working with him, but I mean, dude, the guy was awesome. Uh, love that dude. I love him to death, man. He's he so fun to be around, and uh, that tour was uh, something I'll never forget, man. It was just, it was a really fun tour, and uh, yeah, I, I was just, I was happy to be back in touch with him. I'll, I'll put it that way, dude. He, when I went, and and again, this is no knock, and I won't even say who else they were on tour with, but I don't know how anyone follows that man on stage. <laughs> Seriously, he's intense, and he. I, I met him. I met him about ten years ago. <clears throat> he had played in a club where I was living at the time, and I was working as a stagehand there. So I, I met him during the day, and he was working out. He's like, "Come on, lift that fucking shit, lift those fucking." W-. And I'm, and I, he's like my drill sergeant, and that's how we met. That's how I met him, and I took him and and he got him and the band food and everything. And we kind of became friends after that. And this is all pre-me doing the podcast, but I'll never forget that. He was like a drill sergeant out there having me try to lift his weights. I'm like, Eric, I can't lift. He's like, come on, lift that fucking shit. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to lift it. I, I, I can't. I'm trying. He's like, lift that fucking shit. And I finally got it up and about blew my back out. But, um, there it is. Root Chad is a mix between a drill sergeant and uh, that Muppet guy, Animal. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but, dude, seriously, I don't know how anyone follows that man on stage. Like, he is so intense. And, like, I, I remember the fir- first time I saw him with Morbid Angel, and I was like, man, this guy is fucking awesome. Like, and th- we're, th- we're talking, like, this was like Covenant. Um, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. 
But then even after, like when Tucker joined and stuff, like like I remember seeing him on the Formulas tour. And my God, man, I think that may have been the perfect like era of Morbid Angel for me because I was it was so nasty, like just him and Steve, and then the, you know the whole thing. So it's really cool. But yeah, I love the guy, man. I got on a tangent there about it, but I it's so cool that he was able to help George and, and contribute to the album there on the song because it's that song's ridiculous. You know, it's like. That's really cool. It was, it was a blast. It was a blast. Yeah. He's yeah. The last time we hung out because I'm a Saints fan, so we're we're always like, and they they beat us this year. So I get a, I get a text at like one or two in the morning. It's like take that. It's like dude, like really. So we we've gone back and forth, but no, the the last time we had him on the podcast, that's all we did was talk about football that for that year. So that was fun, but. Sure, sure. Mike and, I, Mike and I was like, dude, we got to do something for these guys. We, we ended up sending Rutan a uh, Philadelphia Eagles original jersey with his name on it. You and did? Then, uh, Corpse Trainer got a Denver Broncos jersey. So that was kind of our just little nod to like, hey, thanks, guys. And so hopefully I'm sure he'll wear it at some point on stage. <laughs> You know, you just gave me an idea. I need to get, if George will ever do it, because George always kind of hinted that I could get him to do it, and then it's like that there's never Tom, but I'd love to get him and Eric both so we could talk football. That would be fun. There you go. There you go. That would talk be nuts. Or <laughs> <laughs> <Close> fishing. <laughs> now, do you have a, do, do you follow sports at all, Jacoby? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do. Uh, I'm, I was a huge football fan back in the day, but, you know, now that I have a family and a business and other things, I'm just I understand. <laughs> well, either way, that song, dude, Theory of Ancestors is fucking awesome. And uh, as a side note, I don't know if Eric was or not. I'm a huge Stargate fan, and I love his lyrics. I love this the flavor of these records. I love the last three. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, let's see here. So track six, Nucleus. Yeah, Nucleus was kind of... Uh that was the track that I had originally kind of set aside for Frank Mullen. Okay. Um, but Frank was harder to get a hold of. I was kind of going through Derek Boyer because Derek was, you know, a buddy of mine since Decrepit Birthday. I love Derek. Love him to death. He was, actually, he was actually in Deeds for a Brazil tour. And then he said, really? He that. There's too many 16th notes. <laughs> I did not know he played with you all. I have to ask him about that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Brazil with uh, with Eric and uh, Brad when we had Brad. Oh, that's awesome! 
That was for uh, Inbreed, uh, that album. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. I was, I was in school, I couldn't do the tour, so he stepped in and did, did that tour for us. But anyway, so I was going through Derek kind of as a third person, because Frank has been retired, you know? He's, sure. He's not even in the game anymore, so getting a hold of him was a tough one. Uh, but yeah, so that was originally set aside for Frank, um, and then I, it just looked like Frank wasn't going to be able to do it, so I, I, I had John Gallagher uh, set for another song, and I just reached out to John and said, okay, you know, can you do can you do this song? I showed him the parts, and he's like, yeah, man, yeah, I can do that, and I was just, you know, I was, I was stoked to get John on there, because I think probably us and Dying Fetus have the most history other than Cephal Carnage of doing past tours together right. and, you know, just hanging out together. So, John, for me, was instrumental to get on this album just because of the history we had with those guys. So, sure. Um, I was stoked he did it. He nailed it. I mean, it's, it's signature Gallagher vocals, and I'm just super happy about that. Oh, that rec- it's fucking fantastic, man. It's it's great. Uh of course, title track of the album. It's awesome, too. And he did that, too, as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, and then um, Matt Capella did the, uh, did the guest solo on the end, uh, and that was great as well. So uh, he, he actually made it on the video as well. So that, that the last solo on the video, that's Matt playing. Okay. Um, and by the way, if I may say this, the drummer that is on this record I am not familiar with, and he is unfucking real that guy's a monster, dude. He's unreal. He does a lot of projects. I mean, if you go back to some of his YouTube stuff, he's playing he's playing stuff from the last album from Deeds, and he's just nailing it. He's just... <laughs> that guy's... He's, he's talented. Dude, sure. it's ridiculous. Seriously, like, not... I mean, really, it really, I'm not just saying that. Like, it is absolutely just ridiculous, the drumming on this record. Um, yeah, Eric and Mike handpicked him to take Mike's spot because Mike couldn't do this album uh, back a few years ago when Eric recorded it because he had some personal issues going on and he just couldn't he couldn't do the recording so sure. they both handpicked him uh, to do the album um, so yeah I mean he's been sitting around on this album for years waiting for it to come out <laughs> so, he is I'm not familiar with him and he is unreal man that guy's fast yeah, really, it's like, really good drummer really good drummer so stoked to have him all right, let's see here. Track seven, Races Conjoined. Yeah, Races Conjoined. That's the, uh, that's a crazy song. That's a kind of a mix mash of riffs. Eric was going to join or at least write for Discourge at one point, and he had a bunch of Discourge riffs sitting off to the side. Are you serious? That, yeah, he threw them into that song. And the f- funny story about that song is that song's actually about a minute and a half longer, the original version. And when I came in to write the vocal patterns, I just, I heard that song and I'm like, dude, this is not a deep song. It's a Discord song. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounded like a Discord song. And I, I can hear, now that you say that, it's kind of, yeah, I mean. I picked it up right away. I'm like, dude, this is a Discord song. The, the part, the song that you haven't heard is very disgorged. The, the, the new version that we kind of edited down sure. is more of a deep song than it is a Discord song. So I, it took some creative editing uh, to get it to where it is. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so that's kind of the funny story behind that. And that's, that's you know, Maddie Ways on that song. John Zig, who is actually an artist of ours forever, is on that song. Nice. He's actually a 
he's actually a really good vocalist too. He's been in a bunch of bands. Um, he's on that song, and then Frank Mullen, of course, uh, came in at the last minute. <laughs> and uh, thanks to uh, Derek Boyer and Terrence for hooking that up for sure. <laughs> Dude, you want to talk about those are the two nicest dudes since I've been doing this podcast. Bend over backwards for me every time they tour and yeah. treat me they treat me like I'm family every time I go you know it's every time and 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 and, and Terrence greets me not with my podcast name but my real name and it makes me feel like a million bucks cuz I've literally listened to that band since I was 16 so yeah, they they're the they're the original death metal band in my view I mean I just I hear them and that death metal started with stuff for me. <laughs> oh man, I I can't agree more. And I, you know, I I'm still really good friends with Mike Smith, and I I love the band. I I love those guys. I, they're one of my favorites. I just love those dudes to death. I love that Ricky's in it now. You know, speaking of Discord, so yeah. that's you know that's that that's that's fun, and and I, I just love them to what death. A what a trip! Yeah, Ricky. I mean, that that's a trip in itself. I mean, Ricky at one point was going to play drums for us. And it just it didn't work out logistically, but uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I've seen I've seen what he's doing, and it's amazing, man. I'm I'm stoked for Ricky. I, I just uh, for me, it was Frank that had to be on the album just because of the history. No, dude, are you kid? No, I mean, look, the tank, man. You got to have the tank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Frank, got to do it, <laughs> dude. Funny story about him couple of years ago this and this is how much of a suffocation fan I am not not knocking what I'm about to tell you but King Diamond was playing near where we were it was either go see suffocation or King Diamond we had we went to see suffocation I'm like we're got we gotta go and and we go and we took Frank some Crown Royal Apple and the reason we took it to him the year previous to this, my co-host had seen him at Maryland Death Fest, and he was up there. He goes, "Crown Apple go down so fucking smooth," and and so we thought it was just funny. So we, when we started the podcast, we were like, "We ever go see him?" And we <laughs> we got to take him a bottle of Crown Apple, right? So every time we would see Frank up until he retired, we always took him a thing of Crown Apple, and he was always like. Oh man, that stuff. And then he would say it sometimes. We would just sit there like children watching. He'd be like, "This stuff goes down so fucking smooth. It's just, it's just funny." But he's no, dude. You gotta, you gotta have Frank. And I, I just, I'm just happy for Ricky because I, we, we saw them with Ricky, and then you know Frank came back. This was during like I think like one of those summer slaughter things or something. And then and then Frank was back, and then we saw him with Ricky again, and then it was that other cat was in there for a while that I guess did the record with Frank, their last album. And then Ricky's back again. So it's, it's cool, man. It's always revolving towards those dudes. I love them to death. I love all of them. And, and uh, Discourge, actually funny story, Discourge and uh, Dying Fetus are two bands I've never had on this podcast that I want. Those are two bucket list ones like like you. So maybe in the future, who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Diego is a really cool guy. He would, he would I'm sure he would do the podcast. So uh, I think the world of it. Well, you know, the... the I would love that man. Well, the thing with John, I'll tell you a funny story about John, and I love them, and I know they're really busy. Those dudes are busy, and and well, I I almost had their drummer because of Visceral Discourge, because I guess he was in that for a minute, and and we were going to get him. This is a funny story, and I, this is not anything bad or anything else. And Terrence was trying to get me John. John's like, ah, he doesn't want to do it. He's busy. Whatever. I was like, that's cool. It's no big deal. Maybe one day, you know. And 
But anyway, so the drummer, I can't think of that cat's name, but anyway, he was going to do it. Like, we were in person. This was at like a summer slaughter like four or five years ago. And he was like, yeah, dude, I'll do it. He ends up getting into a fight with his girlfriend or wife or who it was, and we didn't end up getting to do it. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, well, maybe next time. But they, I mean, they were super cool. But I also understand, you know, those guys are, they're really big too. So it's like they don't, you know, they want to probably talk about whatever. But it's cool. I get it. But anyway. Moving on, uh, yeah, that song, Racist Conjoined is, is raunchy. That That is one of my favorite songs on this album. Uh, it's a nasty one, for sure. <laughs> it's a good one, man. And I, like I said, I had no idea about, and talk about that a sec if you don't mind not to stick on this, but so Eric was going to do stuff with Discord's God, I, I would have loved to have heard that. Uh, you know, I don't know the full story behind that. Maddie's going to know more about that probably than I would. I'll have to uh, ask you know, about I, that. I, dude, I, was, I was out of the game full on for 13 years. And really? So I, missed, I missed a big chunk of everything. So, <clears throat> you know, if you start asking me about stuff that happened five years ago, <laughs> you're talking to the wall, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's well. Here's what was funny: was the last time I saw Discourge was with Broken Hope and Deicide, and that show was awesome. This was probably five years ago, and Angel Angel was the vocalist for Discourge, and that guy was fucking awesome. You know, all these different bands and and everything intertwines. But it was like, I mean, that Angel dude. If you knew who I'm talking about, I don't know if you've ever seen that guy was great. But I don't, I don't actually. I, I, I just find it. I find it. I don't know if the word money. I, it's just it's different. The biggest difference I see in death metal now versus back in the day is it seems like everybody's in four or five different bands. Yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. Thing, it's like I, you know, I <laughs> I don't know. I just it, it's a huge difference now between from when I was in the band. It's just it seems like everybody's got a side gig. Uh, and, and I get it, you know, you gotta, you gotta make a living somehow and death metal is a hard life, you know, sure. it was a hard life the whole time I was in it, so I get it, but it's just, uh, it's a trip that way, man. Well, that's like, that's like Frank, you know, the, the last time I saw him on that farewell thing they did, I didn't really, you know, Terrence had told me he had a job with like the state, he works, I guess, like some kind of water treatment thing in New York and he makes killer money, so, you know. Yeah, 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 I mean, shoot. And, you know, that was that was kind of the case for me back in 2007 when I left is because I found out I was going to be a father and I was just sitting there going, I can't raise a family on, on death metal money. Sure, you know, I can barely sure. myself. Sure, dude, so, sure. And, and I, was, I had just graduated from college, you know, so I was just like, I the writing was on the wall. I got to step up. I got to provide for my family. Sure. And I can't. I can't put those guys through limbo, you know, because I, I wouldn't have been able to put in the time they needed for me, sure. uh, you know, to, to move the band forward. So that's kind of why I stepped away in 2007 was just, I knew I had to support my family first. Um, because that's very was, admirable though, Jacoby. That's, that's awesome that you did that. I think, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, there's, there comes a point in your life where you gotta, you gotta choose a path, you know, and, and, and I just, I didn't want to hamper the band. I knew the band had to go on, and sure. I knew they had to go on strong. And so it was, it was easier for me to just step away than just sit there and put them in limbo. You know, I didn't want to do that. It's very admirable, man. I mean, I think. <clears throat> Doing both. Yeah, and coming, coming back now is easy, a lot easier for me, because I'm not depending on, you know, money-wise. You know, sure. I have to give a crap less if we're going to get paid royalties at all right <laughs> I'm just I'm here for the love of the music and it feels like it you know 
this time around feels way more like trading pieces than it did Crown of Souls, you know? Sure, so, sure. It's, it's a lot easier this time around. It, it's smarter, too. Well, I mean, it's like I said, it shows on the album, and we'll keep going here. I'm sorry, I keep getting off on tangents. I just love talking to you about this stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, track eight, uh, Terror. Terror. Terror is uh, that's one of my favorite tracks on the album as well, mostly because it drives, it's driving all the way through the song. It's it's, it's powerful. Dusty from Severed Savior back in the day freaking killed it on that song. I, I, that was my big shocker guest vocalist part. When I got his vocals back, I was like, holy shit, man, you killed it. <laughs> you know, I, just, I love what he did with, with what I gave him because I gave him the patterns to use, but he threw in a bunch of highs where I wasn't asking him to do highs. And I just, I love what he did, man. I was, I was stoked when I got that back. And then Bob Cox from Disavowed has been like, you know, my best friend from Europe uh, since, way back in the day you know and it was just great to have him back and, you know they just came out with another album this year really so they're kind of doing a comeback thing um and just having him on the album was, was amazing as well so and and uh <laughs> he was there from the start he's like man I want to be on the album man I want to be on the album I'm like you will be I promise and you know it, 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 we made it happen I'm just glad he's there you know the the that song is nuts too. I remember the first time I listened, I was like, "Man, this thing is just flying!" Like it's just got so many different layers to it. Now I wanted to ask you about. There's so many different layers to these songs. Um, uh, when I listen yeah, to it, I mean, the writing style is pretty crazy musically. Uh, the vocal styles, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of marry the old stuff with the new because. Right. You know, Deeds has kind of changed directions ever since of what's to come. You know, even the writing style is very different, probably because, you know, I wasn't there writing with Eric, so things obviously changed a lot. Sure. But uh, I, I, I needed to have that old feeling with the new, and that was kind of my goal through this whole thing. Is like, okay, the music's insane, it's very new, it still has some old vibes, though, and I think that's mostly because Ivan, the bass player, and Craig, they would go back and listen to the old stuff when they were writing for this album. So they had a lot of inspiration from our old songs. Amazing. When they were writing the new riffs for the album. So you, you've kind of got a marriage there of the old and the new in multiple ways. But for me, it was mostly like, okay, I want the vocals to be powerful enough to where it just it stands out. You know, <clears throat> I think it, I think we got there. <laughs> You definitely did, man. That's a that's a perfect description of the album. It's a beautiful marriage of the old with the new, and I, I love it. Uh, it's. Uh, um, it's got so many different, and I love listening. I listen to it on a really nice pair of Bose headphones, and it just sounds unreal. Uh, the oh, dude, the louder, the louder it is, the better it is. This is that's what I love about the album. <clears throat> I'll crank it up, and I'm like, shit, okay, crank it up more. And just the louder I play it, the better it sounds. It's Absolutely, crazy. man. Absolutely, it sounds yeah, so man. good. Um, and that's that's a that's a big huge shout out to our engineer, man. Um. I do that all the time, dude. Back from Castle Ultimate. Okay. Dude, <clears throat> yeah, he did a great job. Uh, he's amazing, man. He's amazing. So he did our album, uh, mixed it, mastered it, you know, it sat around for three years, and then I came back into the mix, started playing in vocal tracks, and he basically remixed it again, you know, because he had updated tools, and he's like, sure. man, I've got all these new tools, I want to, you know, retweak it. So he did a lot of work behind the scenes, uh, you know, 
kind of wrote us out, you know, when you didn't have to. And I, and I was, I was really stoked about that. So the guy's amazing. He's a genius. You know, he did the, he did the machine head record right after ours. So, I mean, he's doing the big stuff. Damn. Like, he's just really cool guy. Really cool. Really down to earth. Really up in your face too. If he doesn't like something, he'll tell you. <laughs> that, that's good. You know, I, I had mentioned to him, I'm like, well, man, there's a lot of these songs that are just me. You know, and I like the version. Maybe someday we'll put out like a bonus track or something here and there. He's like, no, I hate that. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> like, I hate it when man remix stuff and send it out. <laughs> that's funny. I laughed, about I laughed about that. He's just like, no filter, just no. That's a shit idea. Don't even do it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I mean, you know, you got to respect that. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'll follow it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, you know, I'll be honest with you. And I was about to say, as a fan, I would love to hear some of these raw cuts and stuff of uh, of this record. Yeah, I mean, some, someday maybe we'll, you know, we'll put it on some, you know, some kind of bonus LP or something. Hopefully it'll be a live date someday. So. Um, yeah, because my versions are a little bit different from what you hear on the album. So. <clears throat> I'd always be interested to hear that, yeah, because I think that would be... Yeah. It yeah. gives you a different dynamic to the songs, too. Yeah, it's definitely a different dynamic, for sure. But, uh, yeah. So, Terror, by the way, the, the very last vocal on the track, you know, uh, was a vocal from from the album, from the from the lap, from, actually, I think it was from uh, What's to Come. Okay. Uh, and it was Eric's line. It was, Mankind will never surrender, therefore never be defeated. And that was kind of, that me and Mike were like, we've got to end the album with that because that's just that sick line, basically saying, you know, we won, <laughs> we won the battle, we won the war, and it, and so so I grabbed that line from of what's to come and put it on this album and then backed Eric up, so it's both of our voices kind of that kind well of, never surrender, therefore never be defeated. It's, and it's and awesome. The very last growl in that song Eric kind of just, it's kind of a send-off. It's like his voice going out into space, you know. And, and, uh, and then the last track um, is Onward. And right. That was actually written by Craig Peters. Um, kind of a side thing. He, he, he had written it a while ago. You know, he was a big Viking show fan. Okay. Um, Eric, Eric and I are both Swedish, so, you know, we have Viking ancestry. Awesome. And we wrote a lot of Viking songs when we were doing Deeds just because we liked singing about that kind of stuff. So that was kind of our Viking funeral send-off for Eric. Um, and that's why it's called Onward. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's our way of saying rest in peace, you know, Onward. Because... Uh, you know, I don't believe his soul is dead. I believe he's out there somewhere. You know, even his wife would tell me, you know, Eric's not of this world. His soul is not of this world. Right. You know, he, there, there was always something a little different about Eric. You know, musically, he was just, he was a genius, man. He he did things so differently. Um, and, and that was part of the pressure of this album because I knew, you know, I, I, we would always come to practice seeing him and, I'd be like, okay, I found out a way to sing this line, and, and I would say it, and it sounded really cool to me, and then he would come and go, well, how about if we do it this way? And I always seemed to like his version a little better, you know, and so <laughs> he was a genius that way when writing vocal patterns and songs, and so, so for me, there was a lot of pressure to get it right, and uh, I just 
I'm just glad it came out good and it's getting a good response. I'm just, I'm happy about that. You know, our, our music's never been critically acclaimed. <laughs> Mostly because people just, it, maybe it flies over their head and they just, they give it one listen and that's it. And, and our, our records are the kind of thing you got to listen to 10 times before it really starts setting in. You know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. So, we've never been critically acclaimed and, and most of the reviews I see coming back are pretty pretty good. And I'm pretty oh, dude, I, yeah, it's it's got uh, raving reviews. Every everything I've seen on it, I've not seen anything bad. And it's like I said, I think a lot of people are just happy to have deeds back. You know, like doing you know yeah. the record yeah. out and well, then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's it's and that's what I actually was my next question for you. So you've got you got Nucleus and it's it's there pending COVID. Are you guys wanting to do any touring for this thing or? That's kind of a, you know, if the demand is there, we've got a core group of guys that we could easily play shows with. Uh, Full-on touring is probably out of the question, mostly because the bass player and myself, we we have full-time business. Sure, you know, sure, sure. And I, I can't afford to leave my business for a month at a time. But, sure, but maybe for some festivals? Some, some festivals in the future, maybe some one-off big shows. You know, but yeah, I I just see it happening. You know, <laughs> depending on what happens with this planet, but uh, we'll see, man. Well, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, if it's okay, was the cover art. I love it. Yeah, that was uh, that was the brainchild of ourselves um, and Raymond Swanland, and uh, basically we we told the story to Raymond, the story of Nucleus. Uh, which, you know, Nucleus was Eric's album name. And so we were adamant about not changing that. But we had to write a story about what is the Nucleus. And that was the, that was the hard part, man. And so we told the story to Swanland. We said, okay, look, the Nucleus is kind of like a parasite that once it attaches to the brainstem, it kind of unloads man's full brain potential which in turn gives him powers over matter and all this other stuff, you know? Right. Basically, it turns a small army of men into an unstoppable force. Right. And so, kind of our story was, okay, there's there's these creatures that have been sent to Earth, you know, and, and it, kind of, it kind of marries together aliens with uh, old Norse Viking sea monsters with, you know, futuristic you know, technology as well. And, and so <laughs> getting all that into one piece of art was kind of tough, but dude, he nailed it, you know? And, and if you look at the first guy, he's got a, he's wearing a banner across his chest that says Eric. And, and That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, you know, that we had to have him on the, on the cover somehow. So, uh, you know, that was kind of a marriage of, you know, our Viking ancestry and getting him on the album. Yeah, so, I, I mean, he's... Swanland is an amazing artist. I'm just humbled that uh, he's doing it for us, man. Man, it's like I said. This album is the whole package, everything, and I think it's a, as you said earlier, to quote you, it's a beautiful marriage of the old with the new. Um, yeah. And then, of course, Nucleus is available now, folks. Deeds of Flesh, Nucleus from Unique Leader Records. Jacoby Kingston, sir, I cannot thank you enough for doing this. We've wanted you guys on the podcast for so long, and I'm sorry we never got to get Eric. It's never happened, but uh, um, 
I I cannot thank you enough for doing this. This is a huge thing for me. Thank you for taking the time to do this today. Um, I'm excited to uh, promote this record any way that I can. So um. we, we appreciate that. Thanks for everything. Uh, thanks out there to all the Deep Legion, and uh, we're not we're not going away. The legacy is not dead. It's uh, just took taking a little turn. <laughs> I love it, man. Like I said, this record is fucking fantastic. It is so good. Um, I, I I really love it. It's and you guys just everything about it. It's just it, it is. It's a perfect marriage of the old and the new. It's it's perfectly well said. It's it's great. Thanks, brother.